Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast channel where we discuss careers in tech and job search experience for immigrants in the U.S. I'm your host, Anna Naumova, an immigrant myself and a former product manager at Apple. I'm thrilled to be here sharing my knowledge and insights with all of you. Moving to a new country and starting a new career can be challenging, especially for immigrant managers who must adapt to a different management style and culture. How to be a good leader in the U.S. and how to acquire American leadership skills. We will be focusing on this episode. Stay tuned. But before we get started, I ask you for a favor, please subscribe to my channel. Each week I release a new video about job search and immigration to the US. If you need a perfect ATS friendly resume or an advanced LinkedIn profile, please visit ananaumova.com to share uh, to schedule a call with me. I and I also just released my ultimate guide for immigrants on how to create a perfect American resume. You can find links in the video description below. So my guest today is Tatiana Sanikovich, HR advisor and leadership coach with over 15 years of HR and leadership experience in the U.S. market. She's also a creator of the group coaching course called Confidence Catalyst for Leaders. Hi, Tatiana. And thank you. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing today? Hello. What a pleasure to join you today. I'm doing great. It's a beautiful morning in California. In California. I, yeah, where I live. And so I am definitely enjoying it fully. So lovely. I'm I'm really excited um, for our conversation today. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, can you please share a little bit about yourself and about your background? Absolutely. Um, I think I'll start, as you were mentioning, what this uh, podcast is for is I am an immigrant. So I moved to the United States 24 years ago from so I originally am from Belarus, and I moved to study at the university. So my experience starts with school here. And then my whole professional career is all in the United States. And majority of my professional career is in human resources and leadership. So that's kind of where I find myself. I've always worked with people. I always cared about people. I originally wanted to be an interpreter. Uh, and so what I'm realizing now, I interpret sometimes in the same language, but between people constantly, between their cultures, between their differences within the same culture. And so I just I continued being an interpreter, whether um, of the same language or different ones. So that's what I really enjoy. And then I have done um, 12 years as an HR director at Esalen Institute. It's a large nonprofit organization that's focused on human potential. So there's a lot of personal professional growth that the organization provided for the world but then also for uh, the employees uh, that I've programmed some that I've created. And then a couple of years ago, I stepped into my own um, entrepreneurial role as an HR advisor and a leadership coach. So then I took all of the great parts that I loved 
about human resources, which is interpersonal relationships, communication, how people navigate uh, difficulty, conflict, their energy. And I just kind of took it with me and work with clients, um, facilitate teamwork, work directly with different clients. Um, yeah, and then actually do some consulting around HR as well and culture. So culture is a big piece for me. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah. you are a, an immigrant, you're an entrepreneur. So I yeah. think that's a, a great combination yeah. for, for the guests today to discuss um, how to be a, an immigrant leader in the U.S. Absolutely. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So what does it mean to be a leadership coach? What are your core values and beliefs in this role? Thank you for asking. Um, for me, a leadership coach is is a conf. So for leaders, is a confident for the leader. So there's different hats I wear as a leadership coach. It's a confident. It's a cheerleader. It's a, an inspiration. But it's also somebody who can really cut through all of the screens that we put up for the world. Can point to your blind spots. Can be honest with the person because that's a lot of times we lack is our loved ones around us are very protective of us so they don't um, use honesty in a certain ways and that's what we need uh, as people to grow and learn so for me leadership coach is combining all of those roles and leadership and management can be a lonely place and i'll speak to that more and so having somebody who understands has been in that place as well as knowing the difficulties of it. Um, that's kind of, for me, the leadership coach comes in. Somebody who wants you to aspire to grow as a leader, but also has the tools and support systems to support you in that. Perfect. And uh, who are your clients? Uh, who are your yeah, coaches? Yeah, I work, absolutely. So I work uh, with leaders, whether it's actually somebody who is a leader of a team, Somebody who owns a company or is a, you know, as a, as a top level of the organization, as long as a person is leading a number of people and they, um, that's one piece, the other pieces it's, and they're in the role where they're just new in the role or they're learning and they want to grow. Let's say they want a promotion or they've just grown in the role and they're not quite sure how to navigate that terrain or the you know in terms of consultants because i have several clients who are consultants themselves so they own a business is they want to grow their income and a lot of times we're always tied to money but money is energy at the, at the beginning at the end of the day so how we move everything else and what our mindset is around all of those parts that's what moves that that kind of money in the needle piece so those are my clients people that lead others in various ways and then they're expanding in their leadership roles or actually stuck in the one they're in so it's that transitions and growth that I work with I like this expression that money is an energy like finally at the end of the day so money is the consequences right it's it's exactly it's the means so money yeah. is the means of how everything else comes together mm -hmm. or doesn't come together yeah, that's that's super cool expression. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
Let's talk about leadership in the U.S. Uh, who is the leader in the U.S. and what are their main responsibilities and challenges? Sure. The way I see or and have experienced, right, as, as a leader myself and then working with leaders um, and actually intentionally creating a course for that, that is a leader is, and I'm actually going to read because it's like I wrote it down last night, is someone who guides inspires and influences a group of people or an organization to achieve common goals and objectives. So leadership is about setting direction, motivating and inspiring and fostering a positive culture. So that is a leader in this culture and the way I work with clients and I practice myself. It's not somebody who tells others what to do or does things for them. Interesting. Uh, so guide, inspire, motivate, and you mentioned positive culture. Why positive culture is important here? We spend a lot of time at work, whether we work for ourselves or work in organizations. The quality of that day and time really matters. And that's actually coming back to my values. Why do I do what I do is that work with leaders. The leader, a leader impacts quite a number of people. It can be from, you know, a couple of people to thousands of people. So that comes with the responsibility of how that leader shows up and how they create the culture consciously or unconsciously. And unfortunately, a lot of unconscious ways we create culture at work, kind of implicit and explicit. So for me, the positive culture is important because I want everybody to be kind of, you wake up in the morning and you want to contribute. You want to connect with your workers, co-workers. You want to do something meaningful um, that then you see how that impacts the world or people around you. And when you are doing that, I would imagine you want respect, kindness, and the environment that is empowering and fostering that. So that's where the positive culture is important because there would be no motivation, no innovation, and no creativity when the culture is toxic. That's impossible to achieve because then everybody is in the flight or fight mode or freeze. And so the nervous system is not going to allow us to contribute in a creative, meaningful ways. So I, I definitely work with that big piece of how to create a positive culture and where the pieces of a certain leader or their team that they're contributing to a actually more toxic um, space. Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, that's definitely um, meaningful because I agree with you when the culture and when the environment work environment is toxic, mm-hmm. it's just not possible to to contribute no. yeah they're like in to work like especially for a long time it's a definitely you, bad long-term strategy exactly and so when i'm talking about for example clients and i'm working with somebody sometimes the person comes and says you know i want to leave the company and a lot of times it's it's known fact as the survey that people don't leave companies they leave leaders they leave people and environment that is around them and that leads them. 
So because I don't want to work with this specific manager, correct? not because I don't want to keep building this product, right? It's it's exactly that. It's that it's not that I don't want to even build the product. It's not sometimes that my pay might not be exactly how I would like it to be. And my benefits might not be the greatest. But if my manager, my leader is, as we said, is inspiring, empowering, like gives me autonomy, believes in me, gives me that sense of confidence. And that's why I created the course to help the leaders themselves to be confident that you can do things and that your work matters, then at the end of the day, you will be much happier employee creating all of that as opposed to you had great benefits, you have great pay, but you have really toxic environment, you will hate that job. And the end result, or some of it, is your health, like you will feel that negative impact. Your health will deteriorate. So at the end of the day, those benefits and that pay, it goes to doctors. And that's what I mm. don't want to happen for anybody because it's not yeah. pretty. And it's really hard to get out of that burnout. Uh, it's possible, but it's a it's a road, which I also work with. So it's like knowing from experience and working with my clients is that nobody comes to me and says, I'm in burnout, please help. They come because something is not working and they can't see straight anymore. And then I'm like, oh, I can see there's just like, they're way in burnout. And so the, I call it the blinders uh, are on because you just in survival mode. And I want I like want people to be in thrive mode. Yeah, and definitely. Like that is, life is, is beautiful. It's hard to see when we're in survival mode and hard to experience. Yeah. So, yeah. And, it, and it's not possible to create. Yeah. No. When you're in a survival no. mode, you're under stress. That's Talking the issue. That, yeah. Yeah, that's the, the, the issue of the interview. We were, exactly. And the energy yeah. that we we're talking about, the creative energy, the, it needs space. It needs ability to find like, what do I see that I haven't seen before? When we're in survival mode, when we're in the mode of we're not sure of ourselves, right? Or we, we do all the things we don't delegate to others. Like there's so many things that come in our way and we feel that sense of overwhelm. There's no way for you to see the world any differently than it's falling apart. And so that's where a coach uh, comes in is helpful is I'm, I'm the kind of the, the tracking and the reality check person to see like, are you repeating the same patterns? Are you noticing that what you're doing is creating this, this space? Even though we think it's all the others that created, at the end of the day, it's our life. So how are we creating this? How are we an active participant in it? So, yeah. Yeah. So what are the key characteristics of a successful leader? You've already mentioned the successful leader has to be inspiring, mm-hmm. motivating, mm-hmm. Uh, creating a positive culture, uh, I don't know, removing toxic environment, uh, anything else? Uh, Absolutely. As you were talking about inspiring, motivating that's the vision. So the difference for me, the biggest difference between a leader and a manager, for example, people like what is in this culture, I'm going to speak for that, is a leader has a vision and is able to communicate that vision. They don't operate from this is our task. This is a to-do thing. Here's a vision. Here's a long-term goal. Here's where we're heading. And so it's keeping the eye on that kind of like the... um 
uh, the lighthouse, you know, in a sense. So to me, a vision piece is really big and communication, skillful communication is, is an absolute key, one of the key ingredients to be a successful leader. And having you, know, and that comes with having difficult conversations, having uncomfortable conversations, being able to gracefully do it as opposed to avoiding them, they will come back or delivering information to your people to inspire them. That's a skill. That's absolutely a skill. And then another piece I wanted to mark is emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence, a lot of people go like, you know, it, it has sometimes kind of a blanketed statement. However, it has, I wanted to mention five components that they kind of permeate in one way or the other. This topic we're talking about, the work I do. So emotional intelligence includes empathy, effective communication and social skills, self-awareness, self-regulation, and motivation. So when we as human beings and as special leaders work on those five things, I can guarantee to you, you will be a more effective, competent, liked, appreciated, inspiring leader. Because so you can you learn, learn, right? It's not yeah. like that's uh, your uh, inner You're done. character. You're done for the, yeah. yeah. I was born being a good leader or not. So can I nurture so, these skills? Oh, yeah. this is beautiful that you actually brought it up. I literally just read a Gallup survey that said only 10% of the whole population are actually innately are great leaders. And 20%. 10%. 10%. I really I wrote it down. I was like, oh my goodness. And then 20% is um what did it, oh and then another 20% of people possess enough leadership traits to become great leaders with training and guidance. That leaves 70% of population. Cross out, <laughs> yeah, from being a good leader, right? This is we're saying this is just those that it's feels maybe easier to them, right? Or for, that's a 10%, 20% still the training and guidance and you can be a great leader. The rest of 70%, we really have to work at it. We really have to have so an intention. You, oh, I believe people- You mean, mean it's yeah. possible, right? It's, it's totally. It's possible. Totally. It's yeah. just that requires more work. It requires, for me uh, and in, from my work, uh, as a leadership coach and actually an HR advisor as well. And that's the reason why I created the course is that it all comes with intention and your goal of, I want to change and I want to be a better leader. I might not know how to do it or where to start, but I want help. The minute the person says, I am willing to change and hear some other people's ideas of what that might look like, and be able to be receptive to that, the whole world will change. It's absolutely possible. But if one thinks they're good, I that's not that that's that's impossible to work with that person. And I really don't work because it's it's that willingness. It's that willingness and that makes the first step. And after the first step, it's how do we make changes? One step at a time. Mm -hmm. So that's the part. Yeah. 
So, and why, why people want, uh, want to be uh, like leaders? So why, like, especially those 70% who need more uh, effort to do that? Why do they need that? Well, I think for everybody, there might be different motivation. Uh, I don't know which I fell into, honestly, percentage wise. But personally, as I grew in my career and in HR, I really cared about the quality of life at work for people and just overall our quality of life, right? So for me, back to uh, back to positive culture, that innately my motivation, like my internal intrinsic motivation that I believe in kindness, I believe in respect and professionalism. If, if people can have that around me, we don't have to be friends, we don't have to be close, but if we can all agree that we will treat each other with kindness and then you know, create um, spaces for creativity, innovation, but really understanding and hearing each other, I'm good. Everybody has their role and everybody finds their way. Um, but so for everybody, it might be different. It's like find yours, because if you don't have yours, why it's important to you, it doesn't like you won't. You won't achieve it with the quality and authenticity um, that is possible because then you're not honest or genuine with yourself and the world will feel it. So just mm -hmm. answer those back to honesty. Just answer the questions honestly. It's your life. Yeah. So, yeah, just everybody <laughs> like, should. Yeah. Should answer this question. Yeah. Why, why, yeah, why do, do you, you want to be a leader? Yeah. Yeah. Beyond the money or the progression of the career or whatever that is, because at some point it will catch up with you. At some point, yeah. as we're talking about what's important, what are the key pieces? Yeah. You know, the part of like adaptability is also a key piece, right? But an integrity. What's integrity? Are you doing what you're saying you're doing? And are you saying and doing? And are those congruent? But if your yeah. heart is not in it, if you're really doing it just for money, you will stumble. Yeah. People will feel it. They yeah, will definitely. Notice. Money is uh, is a good motivation, but not the best motivation. Yeah. So that's Absolutely. what I'm saying. At some point, it catches up. So for yeah. all of us, lead, I mean, leading is like, we lead our life. How do we lead our life? What is important to me as a human being and how do I lead it? Same thing. Same thing. Perfect. Just want to recap five components of being a good leader, like characteristics that we've been talking about. Uh, empathy, uh, effective communication, self-awareness, uh, self-regulation, and motivation. Is that correct? That, that's five characteristics of emotional intelligence. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's and five that's characteristics of emotional, emotional of, intelligence. Just emotional intelligence. Exactly. Just emotional intelligence. Okay. But it, it's all tied to great leader. Okay. Correct. Correct. Like apart so, from what we discussed before, like a visionary, being a visionary, yep. being yep. a good communicator, I don't know, motivator, uh, creating a positive culture, like everything all together. So like, exactly. So the four things that you mentioned are absolutely, and that's why I added emotional intelligence and just kind of brought it all together. And then a lot of times for the great leader, so that's kind of like a lot of points, but remember the integrity and adaptability. That's the pieces that also have to be there. 
how do you walk your talk and how flexible and adaptable you are to change. Those are the parts that will make you a great leader, or at least the parts that you can see that you might need to work on. So from the first glance, it looks really complicated. There is like a lot of small pieces, yeah. a lot of small pieces. And if you fail in some of them, what, what should you do? Like, for example, I'm not a, I don't know, like, I'm not self-aware enough. Just an example. Oh, that's a that's a, that's a good one. So yeah. self-awareness is so emotional intelligence as it is, and that's why I kind of broke it into like its own thing. It's absolutely it can be learned, but it's probably from my experience kind of the hardest. Um, it's the longer road, because uh, like as you bring up the self-awareness, the self-awareness comes with certain practices it really actually helps to have um, a coach a mentor somebody or you know a, a peer where you kind of like a buddy system or a friend that you really trust to start developing it but it's really there are self-awareness practices meditation is one of them there's other practices um, you know tai chi like different pra physical practices and mental practices that you could look at and go, okay, am I a little different today than yesterday? And again, we really seek very quick results. And I can tell you with emotional intelligence and all of these parts, empathy, self-awareness, they take time. So please be patient, but seek resources. These are the hardest to get on your own or I would actually say some of them, it's impossible because you need that reflection. You need somebody to bounce off of to say, are you noticing this? And that's the big piece that I work with clients. And actually in this, the Confidence Catalyst course is working with leaders to say, are you noticing that you're repeating a pattern? Are you noticing how you are in this conversation? Are you noticing your reactivity? versus responsiveness that's the parts because once we're told and once we can see something it's a we, we can't unsee it but it's a lot easier than to keep coming back to it but it's very difficult to do on your own um still and it takes a lot of time yeah and it bet. takes time but at the end of the day i really don't want to discourage anybody because the earlier we start the the more we'll be on our way and um Without it, it's very difficult to relate to people fully, to really understand them. And that's what also makes you a great leader. It's the part that you can, un you might disagree. They might disagree with your decision. That's not what I'm talking about. But to be able to understand the other person, um, that takes work and certain skill. And that's, I think, where we can also speak that whole American culture leadership and then immigrants and us, you know, coming from all kinds of different countries. These are the the, the nuances that before we switch to this topic, yeah, yeah, I want to just clarify on the last point from this um, uh, conversation about yeah. characteristics about this Gallup survey and research. And I'm very wondering where I can find this survey. Can I? Um, find out which bucket I am 
am I a 10% of uh, leaders or am I in like 20% that having enough traits to be a leader or am I in the rest of 70% that have to uh, push hard and learn hard to so, develop this so trait? Notice, yeah. So here's a great example. Notice how you want an answer from a survey, for example, which bucket do I fall into versus, okay, do I want to be a leader and what kind of a leader do I want to be? And therefore, what resources do I need to pull? So in terms of this survey, I read it in an article and generally surveys, they don't kind of like say like, if, take this test and you'll be here, not in this yeah. one particular, okay. but it's a really good example to notice how our brains, you are an absolute beautiful example of going, okay, where do I fit? So then I know which bucket I fit. So then I know what I can kind of like, it's external validation, external example of saying, which bucket am I put into by whoever, by the way, mm -hmm. right? In a sense. Mm -hmm. And then therefore, then I think I'll know what to do. What I'm saying, <laughs> it's great awareness for us to say, hey, when we say my leader over there, everything comes easy to that person. I want to be like that, but it's harder for me. And then we get frustrated and then we give up because it's too hard because they, it looks really easy for them. That's why I gave this numbers. So then when we look at that, we can say, oh, they might be 10% or 20% and that's okay. But I want to be, I want to aspire and I want to have certain traits that that person possesses. I'm going to go and talk to them and say, hey, how did you get to communicate the way you communicate? Because I want to be a better communicator and I want to find resources to do it. And you're my shortcut because I could see you modeling it and I want to do it like that. So that's mm -hmm. where that's where I want us to feel more empowered as opposed to okay, here's the box I fit and therefore I'm going to stay in this box forever. And I'm saying, don't. No, okay. Don't put yourself in the so box. you're not recommending there. to uh, um, pass all those tests like Gallup tests and all different yeah. tests about your personality? No? Actually, it's so just I'm, like not, a I'm not a big... It's like a and a limit you, right? <laughs> so exactly. So I'm not a big uh, supporter of the like personality test because exactly what happens is we're put in a box. And interestingly enough, I personally, the way I take tests or whatever, it's never the right box because then the practitioner of the test says, but that's not who you are. And I go, well, you wouldn't be the first one to tell me that I don't fit, mm -hmm. <clears throat> that I don't mm -hmm. fit in a test. I am more of a qualitative assessment. So for example, in terms of motivation, I actually do, it's called motivation factor assessment. And it's more of like what it's literally choosing your talents and your needs based on your answering the questions work-wise, work-related of who you are as from that perspective, what's your intrinsic and external motivation, not the box, not the letters, not the number. And then you work with them from a holistic perspective versus here's the box I'm in. And that person is in that box. And it says, we don't communicate well. Well, there we are. We don't <laughs> communicate well. I like that was always such a scapegoat for organizations I worked in where leaders would bring some kind of assessment and be like, yeah. oh, well, you're in this box and you're in this box. And I'm like, 
The boxes uh, don't talk. They don't. It's nice sometimes to have some awareness. Back to self-awareness. If you're mm -hmm. a person who needs some kind of uh, tools to understand yourself, by all means, use all kinds of tools. But I want you to pay attention. Are they boxy tools? And do you end up staying in those boxes? Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. And what uh, I also uh, noticed uh, by passing those tests uh, is just like it, the results uh, depend on your mood at that specific exactly. time. Exactly. So I passed the same test several times in different time and the result was different because Correct. like today I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I'm sad yep. and I want to be alone and I'm more like extrovert today or introvert today. Uh, tomorrow I'm full of energy because yep. I don't know, I received like a good news and the yep. result is absolutely like swapped, like absolutely different. Right. So, But if you, if you fully take that as it is, this is who I am. That's talking about the mindset that I work with as well. It's like, then you just literally put the blinders and you go, oh, well, that's the way I am. And that's the most like apathetic approach to be like, well, it's whether sometimes people go, well, then deal with me the way I am because I'm in this box or the, 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 the reversal on the person, if it's done within the organizations, like, well, that's the way that person fits. Therefore, they're not in the innovative group. They're in an operational group because that's their type. That's great. But there mm -hmm. are a lot of operators who really crave creativity. They might not be on a sales or creative or marketing team, but if they're just literally put in that corner and the box, which actually the culture I come from, the Russian speaking culture is really good at it. Here's your box. Here's your corner. And you stay in that box in the corner. And so if you as a leader come from that culture and that's how you were raised, then that's how you look at your people. You're like, wait, let me just position you in all the boxes <laughs> that I know how to manage. You know what I mean? So um, Russian, Hispanic, totally, exactly, I don't know, like totally. Indian, name, Chinese. Name, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so that's where all the like biases and all of this and back to self-awareness. That's mm -hmm. the part where, so I'm saying, it comes from so many angles, the practice of self-awareness. But until we learn, we, until we develop that muscle of wanting to reflect and go, okay, I just did this. Why did I do this? You know what I mean? Or why mm -hmm. is this thing not working? As opposed to, well, it's this person's fault because they're this. And it's like, well, but it's, re it's, help it's happening with me. And if it's even better, it's repeating. This pattern mm -hmm. is repeating. Mm -hmm. I am the common denominator. Uh, what do I want to do about yeah. it? So why why question is always important question. Like every time ask why. Yeah, all the time. So it's just yeah. probably the main question for a product manager is who I am. And every time when I start doing something, why I'm doing mm -hmm. that, what I want to achieve, what's achieve. my goal. Yeah, that's like the, the, I think the main question, it should be the main question for everyone. Um, so let's still yeah. talk about yeah. different cultures. I know that uh, everybody is unique and, mm -hmm. but maybe it's like some specific uh, traits related to specific uh cultures like how the leadership style in the u.s different from other countries cultures oh cultures oh cultures oh countries yeah. absolutely yeah. Um, yeah so i noticed a couple of things i wanted to mention one is 
it's quite an individualistic culture and country. So your contributions are paid attention to, um, for example, right? So your personal responsibility and self-reliance are definitely looked at here and supported. Um, so they, they promoting that idea of your contribution, but also you're responsible for mm -hmm. if things go mm -hmm. well and things don't go well. So you can compare this like with uh, like Asian, right? Like uh, mm -hmm. Eastern cultures, like like for example, Eastern European, Russian culture, or Asian culture when it's collectivistic. I don't know how to. Yeah, it's more as a yeah? group, right? Well, group, yeah. I mean, some cultures, it's it's interesting because I think in some cultures, it's more like how does the group look? What's my contribution? And how my the team? team I think, yeah, I think it's yeah. More, I think it's more of an Asian cultures. Um, prevalence russian speaking culture i mean yeah we were raised with certain collective thing but when it comes to work what i you know what i learn or know or you know kind of with people there it's more of whose fault is it who didn't do it you know like mm -hmm. kind of like it there is there is that group thing mm -hmm. but it's more of a here it's more of an empowering individual um contribution but for the cultures particularly asian where you always think of the collective it's a shift mm -hmm. it's a shift particularly when self-promoting yourself right or or like self-promotion has a negative can have a negative connotation in words in other cultures for example or how we were brought up but that's a piece that in this culture can be done very tastefully but if it's not done you most likely won't be noticed in a lot of cases. Yeah. So that's 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 one thing I also wanted to mention. So okay. So individualism yes. and mm -hmm. then informality. So American leaders are a lot a lot of time a lot more informal. They have an open door policy. They have, you know, kind of like the team meetings that could be a lot more informal than in other cultures. And the kind of they're, they could be more approachable. Therefore you as a leader are expected to be that way. So if you come from a culture where it was proper, uh, you know, actually, oh, like like Indian culture, there's there's a, a different there's different approach or Asian culture, like take Japanese culture, and then you more get formal, an American right? very formal in Asian Asian more yeah, formal, right? very formal, and then you get here and it's like, you know, like and people uh -huh. talk about personal, like what you do on the weekend, like you know, all the uh -huh. personal check-ins. It's quite jarring, but it's also really jarring the other way when the leader from those cultures come in and, and Russian, including Russian speaking, and they just want to do, you know, like we're on agenda, let's do work. Mm -hmm. Like I get to the meeting. This is when you have my time. You got to address me with like Mr. For example, right. Or like we grew up in a culture where it's like first and middle name always here. It's everybody by first name basis. There's no, mm -hmm. you know. Mrs. Sinikovich, I was like, that doesn't work this way. <laughs> um, or like, you know, it's all by first name. That creates a different environment, but it's also create different expectation from you as a leader. So mind that, that there, that's a difference. I think it's a big difference for me. Uh-huh. So I noticed the like a difference in language, even like subordination, for example, in English language, uh, when you talk to someone, it's like you, 
regardless mm -hmm. of the status of the person. But yep. like in Russian language, we have you like uh formal like and formal, formal, formal and informal and informal and in spanish uh uh the same is uh yep. usted is like formal way person yeah. i don't know or like uh more senior person right and two yeah. uh is uh, like my peer for example informal. Yeah. informal way yeah that's interesting that's even um reflected in the language Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's in, I'm going to, you, you brought that beautiful, that self-awareness. That's as you can see, that self-awareness is so important. Right. And it's like through all, for anything, you name it right now, we're talking about language and, and how you're showing up and how, you know, you come, what culture you come from and what are the norms in your culture, right. To like, to address people of mm -hmm. your level of higher level, and um and those that report to you you know that as you mm -hmm. navigate that yeah uh another difference is direct yeah go ahead so individualism uh informality yeah we are yep. going through these differences okay perfect the third Number one three. is direct communication so all right <laughs> what is that so direct communications they t like the american leaders they tend to favor direct communication so clear some st more straightforward uh feedback and discussing uncomfortable topics. This is overall, in general, as a culture. I'm sure lots of people can just say, well, my boss didn't. Yeah, I, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, I've had bosses that didn't. Were they American? Yeah. Um, I had but to learn. For me, I think that's like just, uh, it's opposite. Like, uh, for example, Russian culture is more direct, uh, but American culture is more like, that's uh, example with the sandwich feedback. Like yeah, positive, yeah. negative, positive, and something is very sophisticated and it's like really a uh, uh, light uh, so taste think... of this negativity. It's really hard to understand if you are not in the American culture. Understand? Was it like a bad feedback or what? What was it? Yeah. <laughs> did I do something bad? Yeah, or did yeah, I do yeah. Something good. Yeah, so because nobody told me... me like directly, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like... so I think I agree. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. So in terms of that. So um, let's let's speak in terms of communication. It's more of um, a style of communication here, and the style of communication it's exactly that. It's it's this 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 the sandwich piece. There is a positive piece to communication, but there's also a feedback piece to communication that is that is generally direct. Meaning, when you do this this is what happens. So when you do this, this is how I feel. That's more like a nonviolent communication. Where in other cultures, let's say in Russian speaking culture, it's really rough. It's a very abrasive, it could be very abrasive, direct. So we call direct, um, I'm just going to tell you what I think, literally unfiltered how it's coming out of my mouth. I don't care. You're my subordinate. You, you, know, you work for me. You're my boss. You're my peer. I don't care how it lands. There we go. In American culture, in leadership, overall, and I, I mean, I teach that. That's a part of the course. I work with my clients. How you communicate matters. Pay attention the, of the how it lands with others. So not that it's take responsibility for everything you say and how others feel about it. No, but take responsibility of how you deliver. So actually, it's the direct communication, but it's the quality. It's the texture 
and the quality with which you show up. So let's take Russian speaking cultures. It's super rough and could be super abrupt, right? The quality is not very palatable a lot of times. American, as you describe, it's like, okay, what's the positive? Maybe the negative, the positive. If it's if it's something to be delivered, it's a, it, you know, how do you con deliver constructive feedback? In other cultures, they just don't deliver feedback. They just play around it. Mm -hmm, and so I think mm -hmm. that's where the direct communication is. It's like, you come from a different culture where you just kind of don't. You avoid conflict. You just, you know, you, you definitely don't give feedback to your boss, right? At least mm -hmm. to say, like, you know. So coming here, that's another piece, you know, like in the course and overall that I work with my clients is I call up management. Learning how to delegate to back to your boss is a skill. And learning how to communicate it gracefully and professionally is a skill, but you have to do it. It doesn't just all come down one direction. You've mm -hmm. got to be able to turn around and be like, and here's the priorities on my list. And which would you like me not to do at this moment? That's up managing. You're not saying no, but you're asking your boss to say, pick out of the five things that you tell me are important, which one you don't want me to do right now. Mm -hmm. So delegate to your boss means that like bounce back and ask for priority. Or... Yeah. So I yeah. mean, delegation generally is down. So delegating yeah. it to your team. This I call up managing. So you're managing up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're literally managing up your time and priorities. Mm -hmm. You're all on the same page. You're moving in the same direction. But you're saying, here's the things you say are all important. I've got this many hours in a day, or here's the other thing that's right now burning. Which thing do you want me to do? And which thing right do you now, want me yeah. to do right mm -hmm. now? And you don't want me yeah. to do and it, and it is a leader. It's actually, so that's a leadership role to be able to like do this puzzle for mm -hmm. your people to prioritize um, what's important for them. Mm -hmm. And that's the skill that mm -hmm. they're learning. But that's that's culturally that's not okay in, in lots of cultures. You know, yeah. what I mean? to come to come back and say, wait, yeah. let's, let's have a conversation. And, uh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your boss can say, okay, uh, like uh, like I'm figure it boss. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah. your problem. Yeah, yeah. I'm your boss, and 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 this is how it rolls. So yeah. that's you know that's kind of where I, I come in communication. That's the piece that's really important. Mm -hmm. So individualism, uh, informality. Uh, communication style and we discussed like how to communicate and how to mm -hmm. uh, present especially like negative stuff and like delegation yeah. mm -hmm. Any anything else uh, I think I mean there's a couple of things but like entrepreneurial spirit there's okay, definitely perfect. entrepreneurial spirit in this mm -hmm. culture you and I can live it we're living it you know but even when I was in, as, as an HR director and now coming as an HR um, advisor and a, a coach it's how open-minded how like do you take initiatives do you you know like um you create no new opportunity do you see new opportunities or do you just do what you're told mm -hmm. which that's a culture we came from it's like here's your box here's i'm telling you what to do Here's what it, yeah. So that's the silently. Part of, so, exactly. It's like, <laughs> did I ask for your opinion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. 
And so in other cultures as well is that, you know, if the authority figure set the goals and set the things, mm-hmm. that's how it is. Right or wrong, that's not the discussion. The discussion is when you come to this country, a lot of people, majority, kind of come for that spirit, for the spirit of opportunities. And you are coming, all of you listening right now and looking for jobs here or probably living here or moving here or looking for jobs. That's the spirit is probably that is driving you, one of your motivators. Mm-hmm. And so coming he, back to the good leader, like it nurtured this uh, creativity, yes. positive environment. Yes. yes. Mm, I don't know, building some it, cool well, the stuff. Innovation, yeah. So the innovation, innovation yeah, yeah, yeah. that comes from this. It's this yeah. willingness to see things that are not done the same way, but also to bring it up. So no matter where you're an organization and how the organization is structured, are are you noticing them? Are you communicating? Is it supported? So, I mean, again, there can be, you know, all right or wrong or all kinds of experiences. But as a whole, this culture has a lot more of entrepreneurial spirit than a lot of other cultures on this planet. Sure. That's, that's why we are the all reason. and that's one of the reasons like California uh, Silicon Valley yeah and California yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that's why a lot California. of innovation yeah I was like yeah uh, like a lot of uh, great products uh, were built in California exactly yeah. Silicon exactly. Valley with like uh, the place with uh, the highest inter- entrepreneurial um per, per capita yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah per square yeah. per square mile or something yeah yeah but overall just remember as a leader that's the part that's even in organizations sure you have the goals and the values of the organization but do you see do you see how you can contribute do you pull from different resources mm-hmm. do you have this inquisitive that's what it is it's the, do you have and develop this inquisitive mind the curiosity are you curious how things can be done differently mm-hmm. that is a difference yeah but, and a lot of the times, and I hope in your experience as well, is is that curiosity rewarded? When you're curious and you bring things up, is that rewarded? Or is that kind of, you know, or you're like, no, not right now. or thing. So that's the thing. It's also not the end of the road. If somebody says no, uh, keep developing that muscle. Yeah. Because if it's yeah. not in this organization, it's a really helpful um, muscle just to have in your life. Mm-hmm. Curious. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. The, the last one, the last yep. uh, difference of the U.S. The leadership style. From... I have several, so yeah. let me see. Yeah, um, yeah. I Let's think do five. I'll... Five, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. The fifth so this one. one. This one is like together. It's adaptability and innovation. I mean, we talked to entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. but adaptability. So that's the part in this culture that, is, and you just mentioned your Silicon Valley. So, uh, for example, or just manufacturing or different industries. Uh, it's the ability to adapt to changes and to adapt to disruptions or create disruptions Mm -hmm. and then see how people adapt. So as a leader, how quickly do you adapt to really change? And remember, the only thing that's constant in this life is change. And we as humans really don't like change. Mm -hmm. But again, back to it's constant. Mm-hmm. So where they can learn to adapt and work with it, or we can be resistant and work against it. And it's a hard, difficult journey. It's it will a, be yeah. continuous. It doesn't end. 
right? So it's back to that adaptability and innovation is like, how are you adapting, you know, in the business environment, uh, like the change, are you taking risks? Mm -hmm. That's another piece between a leader and a manager, actually. Leaders take risks. Yes, they are accountable for that. But that's what actually separates that mindset as well. Like if you, let's say you're a manager and you want to get into the director, and that's to me, a lot of times in the hierarchy, there's a difference because the the responsibilities and um, what's expected of the director is kind of that the difference of the, um, is the difference of like the visionary, the, the taking risks, the taking that, you know, kind of like more of encouraging and motivating and inspiring. And the manager does things, they operate, they make things happen physically themselves and the team. Mm -hmm. So that the taking risks piece as well. So yeah, adaptability and innovation. Perfect. Um, yeah. So, all right. So there are a bunch of uh, uh, differences between uh, American leadership style and uh, uh, Asian or all other countries leadership, yeah. leadership style. So uh, what are some unique challenges faced by immigrant managers in the U.S.? From different, let's say, uh, uh, mm -hmm. let's take an absolutely different opposite culture like Asian. Sure. They are so like more conservative. Yep. They're like more collectivistic, uh, more formal with direct communication. Uh, I don't know, like uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, the biggest, the unique challenges. I mean, and they'd be like big topics. So first one is the cultural adjustment, and you just mentioned a completely kind of very different culture. So in all of these aspects that you just mentioned. That is an adjustment. That's a big cultural adjustment in terms so of. I think yeah. first you need to be aware of that, right? So yes, that's yeah, exactly. definitely yeah. like awareness. Your yeah, your topic, your topic yeah. of today, Anna, is self awareness. Yeah, just like not even self aware, uh, but like just aware of that differences. But that, yeah. that's all—it's all awareness, exactly. Yeah, so it all comes from self and others. So then, oh. once you know, we can we can look from the inside out. But yes, that's exactly it. Is you need you got you have to pay attention and be aware that there's gonna be uh I'm, I'm seeing there's like it's very sunny sorry guys perfect it's yeah. very sunny in California it's better to yeah 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 it's like do not complain do not complain <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. sorry but um yes to, to have those understandings that you just mentioned about the language the work culture the how kind of the the norms of the society the norms at work be aware and kind of explicit for yourself and the way to be explicit back to that self-awareness and having a coach a mentor as somebody that you can check with you don't know what you don't know you have you you come from a different culture and that's where the work with somebody comes in is that they shine the light they're the person that know their lay of the land or they know the dynamics, right? Or they, they kind of interpreting it for you. Where you come in, you're like, this is what, how am I going to do it? And it's like, mm, actually, no, <laughs> not in this culture. I suggest you do this and this and this. And again, like in my work, I suggest and recommend things. You do whatever you want. It's your life. But I really want people to have shortcuts and tools as opposed to really get all of this, hit all of these icebergs all the time, because then it becomes very discouraging. 
So cultural norms are learned through talking with people, asking questions, finding a coach and going, I want to do this. I want to, you know, I want to move into this position. This is the culture I come from. Coach will ask questions and point out things that like, hey, this is how you think at the moment. I need you to pay attention. Have you thought of this? You know what I mean? Or what do you think about that? To get your mind to start shifting and back to your same awareness and paying attention. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. one. Cultural adjustment. Yeah. Where like the language comes in into that because that's also mentioned in the language and stuff. Uh, networking and social integration. Mm -hmm. so that's challenging. Also... Yeah, we are talking about challenges, right? Yeah. So that's a challenging. Exactly. So we're talking about challenges, unique challenges by immigrants. Exactly. Yeah. When networking we... is why networking is challenging. Well, uh, I can speak for myself. I used to have such an adverse reaction myself to networking, even like working and living in this country, because it has such a kind of like a negative. Hold on, let me just try to see what is happening here. There we go. Too sunny. It's sunny. So sunny. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah. this is so sunny. I'm, I'm using too specifically because my teacher said like too is a too. negative connotation. Yeah. Uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it's like a positive, like a two is negative. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So oh, don't don't use so, too sunny because it's uh, it's, it's incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in so in terms of networking, <laughs> networking in some cultures can be perceived as something fake, right? Is not mm -hmm. authentic. Ah. Is not genuine. And we're all human. We want genuine connection. But here it's like we're just it's a short thing. So we mm. all have a story. So think of your story about networking. And what that word means to you is connecting a different connotation for you. Because, for example, for me, it is. It's, this, it's, it's the same and not. But if you can find the word that doesn't get you like, I don't want to do this, but is more like, okay, I'm going to go and connect with 10 people in whichever ways, right? Or I will send the messages to connect. You can make it okay with your system. But without people, we can't move in this world. We can't make things in this world on our own. We need people to succeed, period, in life, at work, in, in, in anything. We need people. The way we do that is we connect with people. There's no other way to meet people other than connect with them. Sure. So connect. Connect in the ways that work for you. But don't get yourself in the bowl, in the box at home without leaving the house, you know, or if you're not in the country yet, but are coming, reach out to people, connect with them online, and then connect with people in person when you get here. Mm -hmm. That's your mm -hmm. biggest driver. And connections, that's, that's what it matters in the world, yeah. actually, no matter what country you come from. It's the connections that get us everything. It's the connections that get us to places, to people, to anything. So connect and ask people questions genuinely. So when you connect, then it's up to you how genuine you are and how sincere the conversation is. Even if the other person is, doesn't feel sincere to you, it's your experience. It's your practice. Practice it. 
confidence comes with practice. And that's what I'm going to actually practice that in my course over six weeks. It's like all of these things are not, when you ask me about, am I in 10%? And it's like, they're not innately. I practiced all of them, right? So it's like, there are certain things that I know that where I'm today is not where I was five years ago, right? So that's the part that I remind all of you that networking and social interactions, they are uplifting, they are nurturing, they we need them to succeed overall. So come from a genuine place of care to connect with people. Um, and that imposter syndrome probably could pop mm -hmm. up, right? Mm -hmm. So watch it. That's another piece we're tackling in the course is, is saying, who am I to go talk to this person? Well, who are you not? If you don't mm -hmm. reach out to the person to connect, you will never find out. But in my experience, which I totally had with, you know, imposter syndrome, and it pops up every once in a while, is unless I do something, unless I reach out to the person, I will never know. And so do it. As scary as sometimes it feels, people want to support other people. They We genuinely do. So that's another piece, whether you do the course with me or come, you know, LinkedIn page or Instagram, write me a question. You have something challenging. I genuinely care for you to have a better day or have better skills. Like ask questions. Don't think that somebody, you know, might not like find time or feel mm -hmm. that they're above. Give them a chance. Give them a chance to support you. So that's just even, part. yeah, even just ask for help. It's also yeah. very important because oh, sometimes we are so shy to ask for help. We are afraid of rejection. But if you haven't asked that, you would never know about the results. Yeah, you like the other person cannot read your mind. And, no. uh, yeah, you have to ask that. Uh, yeah, you have to and ask the, for and help. The part, yeah. And the part that you're saying about, I mean, we can have a whole podcast about asking for uh, help because, and the cultural piece. Because that's a big cultural, mm -hmm. yeah. over, I mean, as humans, that's one thing that kind of, but the other piece is cultural is that we, a lot of us come from cultures that don't teach how to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And when we start learning, asking for help, hopefully you all are, we actually are really bad at receiving. <laughs> when mm -hmm. people come to us and like, I really want to do this and this, and we go, hmm. I can do it myself. <laughs> yeah, because asking for help uh, for some cultures means that showing your weakness. Exactly. Nobody wants to show weakness. Yeah. Like in some yeah. culture, it's, uh, it's a shame. Yeah, embarrassing to show your weakness. Don't show, I am like a, the strongest person. I can yeah. do everything by myself. I don't need help. Yeah. So that's also a difference that it's not your weakness. Absolutely. It's like, yeah. Absolutely. And, and as so you mentioned before, yeah, like we need people to build uh, something. Anything. Better. Anything. anything. Yeah, yeah, anything. Yeah, we need other people to do that. Anything. Yeah. yeah. And so that's the part as you're saying is like, pay attention. Then just the back to the cultural differences and it's like, are you coming from culture or family that asking for help is shameful? Therefore, yeah. networking and socializing will absolutely have like an underlying thing of using people. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. how do how do you guys think we, Anna and I met? We met through actually a common friend who connected us. This is literally yeah. how we met. 
And we have great conversations. Like we would have never met otherwise. And we would have never had this conversation for all of you, hopefully, that you find helpful. So that's the that's the the intention that you bring in. Or when mm-hmm. you're reaching out to the person and you might need help. Like I just had a conversation with somebody yesterday and we just, we, we, you know, we were connecting and then she was the one asking, she's like, well, how can I support you? That's a great, like, mm-hmm. that's a great question. Cause we came to a different, you know, we came for a different topic. And then at the end, we both found ways how to support each other and each other businesses um, in a tangible way. But that's, that's a muscle I really had to practice and learn because I'm a yeah. lot better at supporting others, much better. Like, sure. Yeah. You come with a question or problem or anything, we can figure it out. But when it comes yeah. to people asking me, I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So yeah. So let's talk about yeah. yeah. Let's talk about mistakes. I think that's exactly. like a super so interesting topic. To unique... Yeah, yeah. Oh, so to you me, mis- move on to? yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I want to move to mistakes and sure. uh, like maybe you can give like a few examples uh, how uh, uh, immigrant managers, uh, which mistakes uh, immigrant managers often make in the U.S. So one, uh, one that I kind of thought about too is underestimating the impact of language and communication. So mm-hmm. it's a big one. You know what I mean? It's a kind of like a big one. And in it, what I highlighted is to remember is, um, well, the tip is kind of continuously improving your English and seeking assistance um, and learning language and actually practicing business English are very different things. So I'll give you an example in a moment. But the biggest piece is practice active listening and confirm for understanding in conversations. And again, I do this work with English speakers and English is the first language for them where it's this um, reflective listening. So when you talk to somebody and they gave you whatever, some information, there is a way to check for understanding. Let me see if I heard you correctly. And then mm-hmm. you repeat what the person said. It would land in your brain of kind of with the details, but it also gives the person that idea or understanding that you heard them. So it kind of, it, it tackles various things in terms of communication, but it comes to English. So an example I have, I'm working with um, somebody who's actually from Spain and it's a CEO of a company in Spain, but it's for the English speaking company, right? And in the sense, what she and I was were working on when she came to a session, one of the sessions, it was this miscommunication. She actually didn't check for understanding with the US. And she side. assumed. And she yes, assumed. So oh. she thought she understood what the CEO who is based in US said. You know, then she made she made a delivery of a project. She shows up for a meeting. It all went okay, but she just wanted to die at that moment because she could mm. see on his face that she completely missed the point. So when she came to our session, and that's how I work with actually for who English is not the first language, is I also work with those. I have a couple of clients who are leaders in English, kind of, they have to use English, business English, but they really come with those intricacies and nuances. So she comes in and she's like, what did I miss? Like, I am like, I don't know. And so we went back to that conversation and I was able to to point to her. And this were not like a one big thing. 
it just derailed enough, just enough, you know, like one degree, but one degree after two or three steps gets you a bit further than, than not. And so mm -hmm. this is where she and I worked with. And I said, okay, from now on, and that's where adults have a hard time of all cultures have a hard time to start this practice of saying, well, I'm, I'm going to look stupid. I'm going to say, well, let me check for understanding, right? And I'm going to look condescending or I might sound condescending. I said, well, you need to check your tone. Condescending sounding is a tone. <laughs> and I will to look stupid. And that's where we all stop is, God forbid, we look like we don't understand. But if you come from a humbling place of saying, this is for me to understand you. So let me make sure I am yet to experience a person who says, oh my God, they check with me for understanding all the time. When are they going to get it? I am, I've never heard that. But the person is going to walk away heard and you will have the data and details that you need. And trust me, more times than not, particularly with, with, mm -hmm. with, us, with second language, there is some detail that somebody missed. Mm -hmm. There's some detail that the person clarifies and says, actually, it's this. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's mm -hmm. in those details that okay. some problems yeah. can be avoided. So just to, to, to recap, the yeah. like one of the biggest mistakes when uh, uh, an immigrant uh, do not understand someone, uh, they, they cannot even ask for like to repeat uh, or like just to rephrase uh, what uh, they heard uh, to just double check that they understood everything correctly, right? And it's like ashamed for them to ask, uh, why should I ask that again and again? And that causes yeah. you confusion when you misunderstand something. And comes to you like come to you to the meeting like uh, or it, exactly yeah, unprepared. It, it, it causes it causes misunderstanding and it causes more work. So yeah. every time I tell everybody, I was like, "This is one thing you can ask <clears throat> at uh -huh. the end of whatever detailed thing. That's two minutes. Yes. But then it causes you to make mistakes and then feel all kinds of feelings later that you can avoid. So that's a big yeah. One. Okay. Yeah. What's like the yeah, give me yeah. another example, like another mistake and uh, the tips how to avoid this mistake. Yeah. So another one is not seeking feedback uh, uh, or mentorship, for example. Oh, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I know like uh, people uh, have biases about mentorship. Like, why should I uh, pay someone for advice? Yeah. yeah? So, so to me, and I used more mentorships within my work and kind of used um, my peers and other organizations for things, but this is, and, and I've, I've actually, I've done mentorship and coaching. So in the things, exactly. The question is, why do I have to ask for advice to avoid making mistakes that you can avoid making? <laughs> and that's the first one. The second one is, to actually speed up your growth and your success. Because sure, you can do this on your own, but trust me, and I've experienced in my career and then working with clients, it will take a lot longer and you will not get as high as you can get. So that's the piece about mentorship and coaching. Um, 
there is a person that is engaged and vested in your success. So it's like, I am vested. I'm not attached, but I am absolutely on my client's side for them to succeed. But I'm also vested in their potential and pushing them beyond mm -hmm. their comfort zone. We don't push ourselves. I mean, we think we push ourselves beyond our comfort We're lazy. We're lazy yeah, yeah. and we care I mean, about like, ourselves a lot. We like, totally. Don't touch we, me. Yeah. We, but we have all kinds of insecurities, all kinds of things that come up that, you know, that if we don't work with them, they just kind of stifle us, right? Mm -hmm. And just kind of not let us go. Fears, like we can talk, that's a totally separate topic. In the meantime, it's the person is fully vested in your success and can see your potential beyond what you could see and believes in you beyond what you believe in yourself. You can achieve such high, like you could skyrocket to the places you really don't know you could. And I could say like, I mean, literally with the, you know, the clients and that's the joy I get in a sense to actually see the person taking that responsibility and making those changes. And then, you know, six months later, we're talking, the person's like, I'm making three times more back to energy. You know, mm -hmm. that's not the goal we started with. We just started yeah. with their growth and mindset. And it's like their results that they're seeing are mind boggling to them. And that is the delightful yeah. moment for me when I'm like, that's all I care about. Yeah. The person yeah. is like, I am where I never thought I could be. So that's yeah. why you want to seek mentorship and coaching. And the feedback itself, like that's a, a separate one, is that we don't improve unless we know what are the areas that we need to kind of to improve or they're highlighted for us. That is done through feedback or self-reflection, but majority of it is through feedback, whether it's feedback from your colleagues, whether it's feedback from actually your team, whether it's feedback from your boss. It's important and it's for the leader and particularly some cultures, they, they really don't have that built in them. And they also don't have that ability to accept feedback. Mm -hmm. How to ask to for feedback? Yeah. What I've, uh, I've learned in the U.S. that people mm -hmm. do not provide you feedback if you don't ask them for feedback. So I, I feel that you have yep. to ask for feedback. How? Yep. Uh, well, it depends. So, uh, for example, for example, uh, as I worked, it's like, you can come to your team. And I did it when I was an HR director regularly. Right. So let's say what you do kind of regular is a cadence. You come to your team and you're saying, Hey guys, um, one meeting, can you take a week and come back to me, uh, with two things? One, uh, can you give me feedback on something kind of that you've noticed? that I do really well and that's really supportive for you kind of and empowering for you. And the second one, what are the, what's one thing that I'm not noticing that I might want to focus on? So how you put a question to people matters. That's back to that, what I call direct communication, but it's like, this is the style of communication that I teach, work with, you know, and mentor around is that how you ask a question matters. And then mm -hmm. what you do with the answers then matters as well. So don't ask for feedback. And mm -hmm. once received it, dismiss it completely. <laughs> it's like, that's the worst, right? 
So if you're actually asking for feedback, you better care and you better do something with it. But that comes with level of curiosity, level of responsiveness and not reaction. Please do not attack anybody oh. that you ask for feedback because you will never receive honest feedback from that person ever again. Mm -hmm. So if you're asking for feedback, get ready. Be to okay. Have feedback. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we have all kinds of feedback, uh -huh. but be okay to receive it and digest it. You're asking it to learn. If you're uh -huh. asking it to learn and do something about it, you're a lot more open and receptive. If you're asking to pick on somebody, or if you're asking for it to like, I don't know, for what else, just because it's a box to check, don't do it. Don't. Mm -hmm. Because it actually well, creates, it breaks relationships. So don't. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And I'm really adept of paying for feedback. I think that when you have a pay, uh, you ask for feedback and pay for that, you're more like cautious about this feedback. You're more responsible for feedback you have. You're more mm. ready to deal with that, improve yourself and do something oh, toward that. Yes, yeah. Because you, yeah. what you're saying, pay feedback, you like when you're pay, talking with yeah. coach or mentorship. Coaching, like, yeah. Because you've, exactly, you invested. Yeah. And uh, now yeah, you're I like, invest okay, my wait, money. I'm paying money for this. I okay. completely agree with you. Now this person is telling me, and this is the third person telling me something similar. Make Mm -hmm. paying attention. Yeah, yeah. When when it's a free feedback, like it might be like, okay, yeah. I don't want to waste my time for that. But it's if actually, I paid money for that, yeah. okay, that's probably what I need to pay attention on. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, okay. And Perfect. then one the, more. The, uh, Let me see. Or okay. Did you want five? Uh, no, no, no. I need like a, I have another like actually last question because we sure. run out of time. Oh, yeah. So Sorry. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, there is such an interesting conversation and it takes too long every time. But yeah, we need to like split it into multiple topics, for example. Totally. Yeah, this separate topic, it might be asking for help. Yeah. Another episode providing That's feedback. What I was yeah, yeah, yeah. Delegation. Do we delegate yeah. down so, enough? Yeah, yeah. So far, it's just like a little bit of everything. And yeah, yeah. if you want to dig us deeper into each topic, yeah, please uh, leave your feedback in the comments below. So my last question, what advice would you give to immigrant managers to develop American leadership skills? Um, I thought about it actually for a bit. Um. I would say one is look at that conversation about emotional intelligence and the components mm -hmm. of emotional intelligence, those five components that Anna went over at the beginning. Look at them and kind of, and be honest with yourself where you are with those and start learning and practicing them. Whether you find resources, you've, I mean, if that one, the emotional intelligence is actually work with the person. Because it's it's a it's a qualitative piece about you, so it's really hard to figure out emotions and read other people without it. So that's one. Two. Mm -hmm. can, can can you recommend some resources for that, like yeah, books think, or you can leave it so, after. Yeah, and we, we, exactly, we can leave it after. But you know, the biggest yeah. the, one of the bigger ones is actually Brene Brown. Any mm -hmm. any podcast or book by Brene, Brene Brown. Brenna yeah. Brown. Okay, mm -hmm. perfect. Pod I would podcast. I would start there. Literally. Perfect. 
Okay. So that's good. Uh, so that's the emotional, um, the emotional intelligence piece. Um, the second one is network actively. And again, I, I mean, connect, talk to people, uh, ask them questions, let them know where you're at, what you're looking for. Look, that's the part that I'm, I'm, I can't underline enough because as an immigrant in a new country, that's the way to learn the country, the lay of the land. And I'm all about learn the systems and use the shortcuts. Don't, unless you like the long way, but mm -hmm. I don't recommend it. So we do that through people. We find out things through people. So talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, talking, you know, I mean, as you and I are saying, do think about investing in hired support. Again, that's a shortcut. What do you need? What can the person bring to the table? You know, that would be a coach, mentor, you know, like, or finding the ways, like whether you're changing things like your services as well, Anna. It's like, find ways where you can have a quicker, the return investment. It's like, you make an investment, it's your life and you make an investment in that. But what are the tools and resources you receive that get you there faster? And they're on your side. Pick people and resources and invest in those who are there to see you succeed. Don't hang out with people that don't care about that. Don't. Like that's a, don't use your energy that way. So that's one thing. And then, um, on, I mean, I think network and online and strong online presence, that's kind of what I put down as well mm -hmm. is. As you you mean like a LinkedIn profile? Exactly, yeah? okay. exactly. What you were mentioning is that you work with as well is that exactly. How do you connect with people, but also having presence? What do you, what do you want to talk about? What's important to you? Uh, why is it important to you? Especially if you're a leader, uh, LinkedIn is becoming very popular in a sense of people checking other people out work-wise is like, who are you? What are you about? And mm -hmm. so have that presence, um, particularly um, there. Um, continuous learning. Continuous learning is however you learn. I mean, we talked about, you know, whether it's in whichever ways. Are you learning? Do you need to learn the language? Do you need to, you know, keep continuing to um, finesse that and particularly business language, right? Do you need to do the emotional intelligence piece? Do you need leadership skills or communication? Keep learning in English, mm -hmm. right? And that will get you motivated and finding ways to do it. And I think mm -hmm. the last one is... I, I want to add yeah. about learning. So it's not uh, only about like getting a courses, for example. It's yeah. also about observation, observing others' uh, behavior. It's yeah. also a great piece of learning when you go out or go to the like meeting conference uh and just observe how people behave interact. like how uh, yeah. Uh, yeah interact how americans uh behave and interact like how uh, they communicate to each other how they react like everything and try to absorb yeah. it and just apply to yourself digest it yeah so that's a that's a very good reminder that i also wanted to bring up is that depending on your status and what you can do or can't do in this country, volunteer, find mm -hmm. ways to whether internship or volunteer or go to conference in the places where you start interacting and learning the culture. So remember, how do you immerse yourself in the culture? Take your space to take care of yourself. So don't forget self-care. 
You don't have mm-hmm. to be always out and always with people. But don't get into the your clique and the group of those of the language and the culture that you come with because it's really comfortable because you won't learn this culture by being with your culture. Let me be really explicit about that. Mm-hmm. And I think the last one for me is, um, as I put it out, was um, patience and persistence. So that is... That goes to that adaptability, it goes to change, it goes to all the other parts that we talked about today is patience and kindness to yourself, but making steps. You're making one step at a time, small or large, and persistence. Don't give up. We're all here. I'm a walking, you know, on one hand, I can say like, I am a walking success story in a way to, you know, definitely in the sense of education, work, changing roles, you know, adapting and changing and supporting humans and finding actually what really is it that I love doing and doing it. So it's all possible. It's back to that entrepreneurial spirit of this land and this country, but really believing. And I do believe, I mean, honestly, if you're watching this podcast and you totally, you can, it's just knowing that having the right resources and having the right tools and people in your life um, that believe in you. And that way you can definitely move mountains. So. Perfect. Perfect. Tatiana, thank you so much for such a very insightful, motivational, inspirational, informative, uh, creating a good, good culture, uh, conversation (laughs) today. We learned how to improve our leadership skills. Even you, if you're an immigrant with a different cultural background, you can use this as your strengths and an opportunity to stand out and adjust your cultural difference to the American culture. If you are planning to improve your leadership skills, please reach out to Tatiana. I will leave her contact information in the video description below. If you need to improve your resume or LinkedIn profile to build your networking, or maybe prepare for the interview with American companies, or simply learn how, like the secrets of the job search in the United States, please visit my website, ananaumava.com and schedule a call with me. Also, don't forget about my ultimate guide on how to write a perfect American resume. If you like this video, please give us a thumbs up and share this video with your friends or just in social media. And uh, yeah, of course, subscribe to my channel. And uh, so do not miss any future videos about immigration and job search in the US. Um, I release uh, a new video every week. Thank you so much again. Thank you, Tatiana, for sharing that. And thank you, everyone, for watching or listening that. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.